Good morning. It is Friday, June 25th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today on the podcast, we're talking transfer portal purgatory with Chris Hummer. Did you know that, oh, there's a lot of data that you need to know that you probably don't know, but among all Power 5 transfers from the 2019 to 2020 cycle, among all Power 5 transfers, only 26% of them landed back at the Power 5 level. Another 26% of them landed at the G5 level, and then a whopping 47% of them landed in what we will call the other level, which is FCS or Division Two or just out of football. So whether that's by choice or whatever, and hey, nothing wrong if, if you've been around the block and you've got your degree and you've been there, done that, maybe you're not getting playing time at State U and you wanna go play somewhere else, that's cool, it's great, but there is absolutely apparel to enter in the transfer portal. And so we're going to talk about that with 24-7 Sports National Analyst, National Writer Reporter as well. What are these titles? We always have, everyone has a lot of different titles around 24-7 Sports, a lot of different people wearing a lot of different hats, but we're going to talk about that with him in a second. If you listen to yesterday's podcast with Brandon Marcello, we were talking about NIL and Supreme Court and playoff expansion. We are really taking the NCAA to task for not doing absolutely anything to make anything easier for them this summer. Of course, as as fate would have it, uh, we wrapped up the podcast, and a few hours later, uh, in the evening, uh, news came out that uh, Mark Emmert, NCAA president, had set a July target for interim rules to allow college athletes to be paid. Basically, in the interim, lifting any restrictions on states that have not passed NIL legislation. Valiant thing to do. It's probably because they don't want to be getting sued in July by athletes who are in uh, non-NIL compliant states in, in the wake of the NCAA coming on the losing end of the uh, NCAA versus Alston case and, and thus setting itself up for a litany of likely antitrust lawsuits in the future. So basically, the NCAA is saving face by setting these interim rules or removing these restrictions in the interim. But hey, it, it's going to have a good outcome at least. And then the other news to note today definitely have to tell you about is Tennessee freshman quarterback Caden Salter, who's going to be a true freshman this fall, has been dismissed from Josh Heupel's program after a second offseason incident. This one came uh, after a weekend uh, drug arrest, misdemeanor drug offenses, marijuana, after an early morning traffic stop on Saturday, according to the Knoxville News Sentinel. Obviously, if it was the first time, you're not dismissing the top 50, top, top yeah, top 50 recruit for a first weed bus, you know, a second that's just tough. And that's tough for Tennessee. Already had a weird quarterback battle. Had some players transfer in. Had some players transfer out. Don't think Salter was going to win it this year, but some people thought he was absolutely the future for Heupel and for Tennessee. 24-7 Sports ranked him as the number 47 overall player in the class of 2021 20, and the number six quarterback. It's substantial. The number 47 overall player. So for a Tennessee program that lost a lot to the transfer portal this season and is not really off to the hottest start recruiting, this is, this is a big blow. And what a weird... Interesting segue to talk about perils of the transfer portal. It's not like Caden Salter elected to transfer, but I'm sure he will end up doing so. The College Football Daily will be right back. Chris Hummer joins us right now to talk about an annual piece of his transfer portal purgatory. One of the more illuminating and Chris depressing stories you do every single season. I'm going to flip our little interview format on its head. I'm going to read to you the data that you gathered, and I want just your reaction when you hear this, okay? And I hope you're doing well. Of the 480 Power 5 scholarship players 
that 24-7 sports studied from the 2019-2020 cycle. Only 26% of them stayed on as a scholarship player on a Power 5 roster. Another 26% of those players signed with the G5 program. Overall, 47% of Power 5 scholarship athletes from the 2019-2020 cycle who transferred went to the FCS junior college ranks or did not find a landing spot. So half of the players, Chris, last cycle who entered the transfer portal did not find a very good spot. And I would imagine with numbers sky high in the portal this year, those numbers are going to be even worse next year when you do this audit. What is your reaction to all of this? Absolutely. You bring up a great point from the jump there. Like there have been, I think over 900 more players in the portal this year than there were last cycle. So we're going to see these numbers increase exponentially uh, when we look at this data. And most of the data is going to be bad for players. And I think bad is relative. Like I talked to a director of player personnel for this story at USC, and he pointed out that some players just want the opportunity to play. So they drop down a level so they can play. But for the most part, when only 50% of Power 5 scholarship players are staying at the Power 5 level, that's an indictment on kind of the portal as a whole. And kind of how players look at it. I think players look at it as an easy way to kind of hit, kind of reset on their careers. They look at it as the grass is always greener on the other side to use as many cliches as possible. But if that's not really always the case for these players. A lot of them enter the portal. They wait, they wait, they wait. Sometimes they find a home, sometimes they don't. But in a lot of cases, they just end up having to drop down a level and they don't get to continue the same level of football they were playing before. A lot of these guys had really secure educational opportunities at great programs. And because they maybe got bad advice, because because they got a little impatient with the depth chart could be a very large number of reasons. They just don't kind of wait for their turn at their school. And 50% of them, 50% of power five scholarship players don't get the opportunity to play FBS football again. I guess it cuts both ways. You've got players, Chris, from the G5 and the FCS jumping up. One of those was mentioned in your story, Jabril Cox, who went to North Dakota State for the first few years of college football and then transferred to LSU. And you, you brought up Jabril as part of this great anecdote of every year when you write this story, you find like one guy um, to kind of spotlight as the microcosm of the portal purgatory. This year was a player named Jordan Anthony who signed with Michigan as a, as a highly ranked recruit and entered the portal in December of 2019, Chris. And he was in the portal for what, 19, 19 months and in that time, he thought he might get an LSU offer, and then LSU offered Jabril Cox. And when I was reading the story, it kind of put into perspective how long he was in the portal because Jabril Cox is like in the NFL now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Jordan Anthony just now like has a college destination. Just think about everything that's happened in your life between not your life specifically, Trey, but just your life. Everyone's life between 2019 and now, like we went through an entire pandemic. We've mostly come out of said pandemic. There have been so many crazy things that have happened. I got a puppy moved to a new house and like, I'm sure everybody else has a number of things they kind of checked off and it's just been an insane amount of time. And for Jordan, who was a Michigan recruit, a four-star recruit who could have gone anywhere in the world he wanted to out of high school. He worked at Harris Teeter grocery store kind of in, I think, like the South Carolina, North Carolina area. He worked at Dick's Sporting Goods as he was passing the time. This guy has a Michigan degree. He could have just been a full-time professional and had a really good job, but he wanted to play football and it took him 19 months to do so. It's not like Jordan was a guy who wouldn't have had any options. He had two years left. He was a graduate transfer. He was a highly touted recruit. He had potential, but it's just so crowded in the portal. There are so many players there. Even a guy like Jordan can get passed over continuously, which is what happened over a 19 month period until he landed at Troy. So it's, it can be an adventure for anybody in the portal. And I think Jordan really put it well. He gave me a quote that essentially said, it seems like 
if you played a lot in college, you're going to have the opportunity to go somewhere else without much question. But everybody else, which is a really large bucket of players, most of the time players transfer because they're not happy with their situation. And that large bucket of players often includes players who haven't seen the field yet. And he said, if you played limited snaps or anything like that, the options are kind of limited for you. And we're seeing that play out time and time again in the portal. I want to talk about that. I, I have another number I have to have to pass along uh, to our listeners that you shared here in the story, Chris. And I know this includes walk-ons. How is it possible, though, that an average of 19 players enter the portal and call like per team? 19 players per FBS team enter the portal this offseason. 19. You look at your roster, and yes, walk-ons, walk-ons enter the portal. That's in, it's a quarter of your roster almost. Yeah, and the 19 player thing is a little misleading with the walk-ins, as you said. But realistically, like I think on average, most FBS teams are losing a dozen scholarship players. Like that's that's a bit of a guess. Like I didn't dive specifically into that number. But when you look at the 2020, 2020, 21 cycle, 12 players about per FBS team are losing scholarship players, which is not a full recruiting class, but it's about two thirds of one. Yeah. So we're just having massive, massive amounts of movements this year, and that's largely happening because of the NCAA's kind of one time transfer exception that went through and that was anticipated all the way through this cycle. So players expected that to happen, but we're going to see even more attrition in future years because we're about to see a lot of super seniors. We have three more classes of super seniors to go who got that extra year of eligibility from the NCAA this year. And that's just going to lead to more and more players entering the portal and not as many homes available to them because the NCAA hasn't increased the 85 scholarship count per school kind of go moving forward. It's only been addressed for this one cycle. Um, You can have expanded rosters in 2021. But in 2022, the NCAA hasn't said anything about that. And what's likely going to happen is schools are going to have to get to the 85 number. So they're going to push players out. We're going to see even more players in the transfer portal. And a lot of those guys aren't going to find homes. Are you sort of a few years into covering the transfer portal now for 24-7 sports, getting a sixth sense on how players might fare? So every year when the portal flips on August 1st, Chris, a Michigan transfer, for instance, might catch your eye in the beginning. Okay, yeah, we're filling the list out. Hey, we got a, we got a Wolverine. We got an Oregon duck. You know, we got a Florida Gator. But when you get to the next April, I imagine when you see kids like that enter from big schools, usually class of 2016, 2017 kids hardly played, you're probably at that point thinking he's not, he's not landing where he thinks he's going to land. Yeah, absolutely. If you were an elite recruit and you did not play much and you came from, I guess now the 2017 class, you're likely heading to the group of five. The chances of you landing on the power five again are very slim. I think a guy like Ben Davis, who was a five-star coming out of high school, landed at Texas is very much the exception to the rule. He landed at Texas largely because Texas was in desperate need of middle linebacker depth. And he had really strong connections with Steve Sarkeesian, obviously coming over from Alabama. Most of those players who are just looking for a chance to restart their career will end up on the group of five level with a team that is kind of hoping that their talent can finally play out or they're going to end up dropping down to the FCS. And that's the elite of the elite. Like those are the five-star players, the kind of top end four-star players. If you were a three-star player who kind of did your three year, four years of college, got your degree, and you're now hoping to transfer somewhere else for your chance to play, it's very unlikely. And we're speaking in generalities here that you're going to end up with a premier landing spot. That's just kind of how it works. And it's just the spots are limited. Programs are looking to add talent in the portal. They're not looking to add projects in a lot of cases, which sounds rude, Mm. but it's kind of how 
player personnel directors and coaches look at the situation. And if that's the case, like if you're a project just hoping for your shot, the portal's probably not going to be for you if you're hoping to stay on the same level or kind of revitalize your career at another Power 5 school. The opportunities there, given the amount of productive players in the portal who have done something in their past, it's just, it's a very difficult mountain to scale. Yeah, and of course, we don't begrudge those players at all. I mean, if you've, it's, it's really cool, I think, if you've got your degree. Hey, okay. Like if you're Jake Bentley, Chris, been in South Carolina, you've been at Utah. Yeah, South Alabama isn't, you're not going to be Absolutely. the face of college football. You're, you're not going to go to the NFL, I don't think. But hey, you, you got your degree. You might have too. I have no idea. You get to go play somewhere. Absolutely. Like playing sports. Like I, I miss playing sports with my teammates in high school. I never, I never played in college or anything like that, but it's awesome. Like the experience to go play college football with your guys is awesome to get another degree, to get a graduate degree from any program, be it in the power five level, the FCS, or even division two is an amazing experience. And I think it's great for every player who gets the opportunity via the transfer portal to continue their education and to continue their football careers. But I think we spend so much time at 24 seven sports talking about the transfer portal and how it impacts contenders, how it impacts FBS teams. And this just shows you how few spots there are for that level of football to kind of address needs. Like we think of the transfer portal as this like limitless of unlimited supply of players. And it kind of is, but like those other players have to have somewhere to go. In a lot of cases, they don't find spots. And I think a really good example of that is a guy named Brendan Castillo. He wasn't mentioned in the story, but he was a, I think our number 11 dual threat quarterback in the 2019 class. He was at Oklahoma state for a season, decided to enter the transfer portal following the 2019 year. He didn't have a landing spot just like Jordan Anthony for 18 months. And yesterday he told me he's going to go to USC as a walk-on. And this guy was recruited by some of the heavyweights in college football, just like 18 months ago as a quarterback. And he's now headed to USC to walk on for the Trojans. So it can change really quickly for these players once they enter the transfer portal, either early in their career or late. It's just really dependent on spots. The last thing I want to note here as we wrap up, the story is about the purgatory, but with the one-year exception, we're seeing so many players almost swap homes. Like we, Missouri is a good example. They've, they've taken, not taken, but they've landed two cornerbacks from Tulsa. So you're seeing a lot of guys go up from G5 or FCFs to FBS and then G5 to Power 5. And then those, those teams who are losing players at the G5 or FCS level, like where else are they going to go to replenish their roster? I pulled up Tulsa's transfer portal tab at 24-7 Sports. Incoming transfer from Tennessee. Incoming transfer from Oklahoma. Incoming transfer from Nebraska. Incoming transfer from Kansas. Incoming transfer from Oklahoma State. You know, it's like, it's, it's, just, it's this weird circle of life now. It's like college basketball. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think every, every level of football is feeding the other level of football. So and as you said, a G5 team might get poached in the portal like Tulsa was, but they're going to get guys back. They might not be immediate contributors. They might not be guys who had successful careers at a power five program, but maybe give them a new situation, put them on a level of football that's a little lower than they were playing before and they could thrive. I'm blanking on his name right now, but Cincinnati had a running back from Alabama just this past year. Yep. Jerome Ford that blew up at Cincinnati uh, once he kind of got the chance to play and got out of that bullish depth chart that is Alabama's right now with so many studs. So he succeeded right away when he got to Cincinnati. And there are going to be plenty of things like that where we see kind of the FCS feeding the FBS and the FBS feeding the FCS. The JUCO teams are much stronger right now because of all the transfers that are kind of funneling into their ranks right now at a historic rate. So it's every level of football has the opportunity to improve through the portal. You just have to be creative as a player personnel director, as a program, kind of looking for the right fit for your program. All right. Good story, Chris. Cautionary tale of the transfer portal as always look before you leap thanks to chris hummer 
for joining us to talk about his article, Transfer Portal Purgatory. You can read it online at 247sports.com. It's up. Go read it. Have a great Friday, everybody. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Drop us a review if you'd like to. Next week, in and out with um, some vacation, but we've got Elite 11 preview. We've got Lance Glenn, our producer, covering more teams. We've probably got a preseason magazine already. It's time. It's go time. It's, it's almost media days. It's, it's, it's almost that, that time of year. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.